0: Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Lisa Alderson. She's the co-founder and CEO of Genome Medical. She has more than 20 years of experience building early-stage companies with a focus on technology, consumer, and life science businesses. She's a seasoned founder, board member, investor, and advisor. With the work that she's doing at Genome Medical, they're leading telegenomics They're dedicated to bringing genomics to everyday care. Through its nationwide network of genetic specialists and efficient genomic care delivery platform, Genome is providing health expertise throughout the genomic journey. Prior to, to her experience there, uh, she served as the chief commercial officer and chief strategy officer of Invitae, a rapidly growing genetic information company. She was also the former CEO and president of Crossloop Incorporated, a uh, marketplace for technology services, among other, uh, many other companies that have all been acquired. So uh, she's got a, a history of, of founding and leading businesses with an MBA from Harvard Business School. A true privilege to have Lisa here on the podcast today. Thanks for joining, Lisa.
1: Hey, thank you, Saul. I appreciate it. That was very complete and comprehensive, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and much more. Uh, so, folks, that was just a, a, a little snapshot. Uh, Lisa's done a lot of awesome things, but today we're going to be focused on genomics and the gap that exists today, and why everybody listening has an opportunity to take advantage of that. So Lisa, uh, before we dive into that, I'd love to hear more about you and why you decided to, to, to be in healthcare.
1: Yeah, thank you, Saul. Um, you know, I've, I've always been passionate about building businesses. And in particular, I'm driven to industries where technology is a major driver of change. And honestly, I can't think of a field where technology innovation is more needed than in healthcare. So I was introduced to the field of genomics around 2000, and that's when we were sequencing the first human genome. And I really became fascinated by the complexity of the biology of disease uh, and this promise of personalized medicine or precision medicine uh, based in part on our genomic information. And over the years, uh, frankly, as I've had many friends and family members been affected by disease and in many cases, inheritable conditions, it's just become so clear to me how critically important it is that we translate these advancements in the field of genomics into everyday clinical care for patients all around the country. And that's really what Motivates me and inspires me every day uh, to shepherd in this new era of genomic medicine in a really medically responsible way, but a very efficient manner that enables patients everywhere to have increased access. And that's important because it can be life savings. It can help uh, patients to better, you know, understand a diagnosis and help providers better select treatment options.
0: Lisa, I mean, there's no doubt that uh, there's there's huge promise in this. What, what do you see as the biggest obstacle to, to access?
1: So one of the biggest challenges is that, you know, genomics ha- as a field has expanded so rapidly that the vast majority of clinicians are not yet knowledgeable in terms of how to appropriately use genomic-based medicine. Mm-hmm. And so there's three primary barriers. One is identifying which patients would most benefit. The second is actually selecting the right test, and that's very complex because there's over sixty thousand different genomic tests now on the market. Yeah, that's. A lot. And then the third is how to interpret the resulting information. This is not as you know black and white and simple as a high cholesterol test, and so the results that come back can sometimes be ambiguous, sometimes uh, have very clear medical management guidelines. And as those medical management guidelines evolve, you know, it can take clinical expertise, typically from a geneticist, which is an MD, or a genetic counselor, which is a mid-level medical professional, to understand the actionability of the information and to guide to appropriate uh, treatment decisions uh, you know, based upon the individual's uh, test results, as well as their personal and, uh, you know, family health history.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. There's, there's that need for navigation, since it is so new, uh, and, and, and even the experts need a little navigation help, uh, along with the people using it. It, it, it. For the leaders listening today, what would you say is that hot topic that needs to be front and center for them around this genomics?
1: Well, you know, I think it's first understanding that genomics is a critical component to any precision medicine strategy. And as the medicine, the science and the technology have evolved, it really takes clinical support tools uh, to, you know, to, to bring genomics into everyday care. And one thing that's exciting about genomics is it actually touches almost all areas of medicine. So eventually, you know, all primary care and specialty areas like cancer and cardiovascular disease and neurological conditions and kind of rare genetic conditions, they, there will be a stronger anchor in the future of how we deliver healthcare that relies on our molecular makeup, basically our genetic and genomic information. It's just that historically, we've not had... You know, the tools to be able to affordably access that information. And yet, it's our life code. So, you, as you can imagine, your DNA makes you you. It's one of the strongest contributors to our health. And therefore, being able to more affordably and, you know, medically responsibly access that information to guide both prevention strategies as well as get to a more accurate diagnosis faster and ultimately utilize that information to guide to the more efficacious treatment strategy, uh, You know, makes, makes a ton of sense. It's really just a question of how do we get from where we are, which is currently a bit chaotic, um, mm-hmm. into a more ordered uh, future where genomic-based medicine is a cornerstone in everyone's clinical care.
0: And, and what does that future look like?
1: Well, so there's many ways in which genomic-based medicine is currently being adopted and where clinical utility is well demonstrated, where medical management guidelines are in place, and where reimbursement coverage is even in place. Mm -hmm. And the two kind of biggest areas uh, are around uh, cancer uh, and uh, around reproductive health. So, around cancer, as an example, if we could identify individuals, and I'll just use one example, let's say colon cancer. Mm-hmm. If we could identify individuals at an elevated risk for colon cancer before they become symptomatic, we could then perform a colonoscopy, remove a polyp, and ultimately, you know, more efficaciously treat that patient and think about that first for the benefit of the patient but second for the cost savings to the healthcare system because treating, you know, advanced stage colon cancer is of course much more costly than, you know, performing a, a cancer screen, a colonoscopy and removing a polyp. And so not only does that result in a better outcome for the patient but at a macro level You know, it also can lead to more efficacious care and more cost effective care. And so, if across a large patient population, if we could stratify that patient population and identify individuals at high risk for cancer or high risk for cardiovascular disease, you know, or even patients needing medication management, then we could more appropriately provision care to meet the needs of that individual and thus would move from kind of one standard of care for all where we know we're over treating a portion of the population and we're under treating those with highest need into a, you know, stratified patient care approach that enables us to better meet the needs of the high risk cohort versus, you know, that low to moderate risk cohort.
0: Love it. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense to, to go that route and, just as stewards of, of our health care resources, you know, I I feel like it's a, it's a moral obligation to get there. So I think it's cool that you guys are working
1: on that. Well, thank you. As I say, in particular, where, you know, one of the biggest challenges is, is again, where we have the guidelines in place and we have reimbursement coverage in place, we're still missing the majority of these patients and because Mm. it can so dramatically affect their own personal care you know, I, I personally, that's what motivates me every day is how do we, how do we get to those patients faster? And, you know, how do, how do we help identify their need and then provision appropriate care?
0: Love that. So Lisa, tell us a little bit about an example of how you guys have created results and, you know, improved outcomes, increased profitability by doing things differently.
1: Yeah, so we are developing a very targeted approach to delivering genomic-based medicine, and it delivers about four times the results at half the spend Hmm. of the more traditional approach. Uh, So just to dive in on that a little bit, um, first, most genetics and genomics, genomics today exists at leading academic centers, and yet the vast majority of patients are seen in the community setting. Only about 17% of community health systems have access to even one genetic counselor. And so for that community health system, we can provide comprehensive care and support across six different specialty areas, cancer, cardiovascular, pediatrics, pharmacogenomics, which is Hmm. the study of your gene to drug interactions, uh, reproductive health, and then general proactive health and that we do for less than the cost of hiring a single genetic counselor and so for a health system that you know is is working with genome medical suddenly it enables much more efficient access to genetic services and allows that community health system to retain the patient within their health system in the large academic centers and and kind of uh, leading genetic uh, departments, we we actually augment their clinical care. So in many cases, Mm -hmm. the referral rate to genetics has grown exponentially. I mean, it's growing about 25% uh, year over year. And yet, of course, that workforce of geneticists and genetic counselors has not grown. And so where there are these centers of excellence, typically, we're seeing, you know, growing demand growing faster than the, you know, the, the geneticists and genetic counselors can keep up and that's resulting in longer wait times to be seen. So we can augment an existing department uh, based in genetic services and help uh, create more efficient and faster access uh, to genetics. And so really we mostly work with hospitals and health systems, although we do see patients directly. And for the patient that self-refers, you know, we're we're able to service patients in all 50 states. In fact, we have seen patients. In all fifty states, and we are, you know, basically delivering virtual-based care, so everything by telehealth, uh, mm-hmm. either a video consultation or a phone-based consultation, and so really it comes down to improved access, and you know, improved uh, kind of cost of care, because we are investing in building really two things: one, the world's largest network of clinical genomics expertise, and then second, a genomic care platform uh, that enables more efficient delivery of genomic-based services.
0: I think it's, uh, it's brilliant. And, it, you know, wh- what about the payers? You know, how do they fit into this?
1: Uh, so we are working on becoming an in-network provider with uh-huh. uh, national and, and regional payers. Um, we are currently in a network provider with Cigna. That's our first uh, major national payer contract. Nice. We're in process of contracting and credentialing uh, with many others. Uh, We do accept insurance. So if we are an out of network provider, we have uh, patient, you know, financial assistance plans and uh, we take a low cost, it's $50 uh, visit fee and then assignment of benefits. So even if we are an out of network provider today, we still are able to support and see patients. And in many cases, when we're working with hospitals and health systems, uh, it's actually the the health system uh, that is supporting the cost of our service delivery, and sure. they handle billing and reimbursement.
0: Hey, that's pretty cool, Lisa. So, so you, you I mean, the the model that you have here, you're you're both, uh, you know, sort of playing from the industry side, but also because you have providers working, uh, you know, at the company, you're also a provider.
1: That's right. I mean, we are a medical practice. We are set up as uh, the first and only nationwide medical practice focused on genomics. Yeah.
0: That is interesting. I love that. Um, (laughs) It's a very very unique business model.
1: It is. You know, I mean, I think um, our observation and why we wanted to uh, kind of set ourselves up in that manner is that there's there's so much investment that's gone on into the industry to advance the science and the technology and you know build molecular diagnostic based uh, lab tests and so much of that infrastructure is now in place mm-hmm. and actually what's missing is the service delivery infrastructure right. i think of it as almost a last mile access problem where you know we we have we have the medicine we have the science we have the technology we just can't get it into the hands of every provider and every patient hmm. and in particular where it's a covered benefit the individuals not receiving access you know can can just you know be a be a real challenge. And so so we're we're focused on that nuts and bolts, you know, challenging aspects of delivering patient care to patients in all 50 states and not only supporting the patient directly but actually supporting the non-genetics provider, the clinician in better understanding how to utilize genomic-based medicine. And by doing so, we believe we can elevate the entire industry because it 's been shown that non genetics professionals actually order the wrong test about a third of the time, and when these are costly tests, of course we need to bridge that knowledge gap and bring uh, the right tools and clinical support uh, to, you know across the industry and so that 's very much what genome medical focuses on, and when we work with large health systems it 's all about how do we bring forward the right tools and then serve as the expert as a support mechanism uh, you know to help ensure appropriate clinical care for the patient
0: well, Lisa, you and your team are definitely providing a lot of uh, um, resources for you know the the caregivers and the patients and and folks you're listening to this today thinking to yourself wow this is this is pretty neat. How do I get engaged?" How do I work with Lisa and her team so that I could take my health system and our care to the next level? Uh, we'll definitely be sharing how to get in touch with uh, Lisa and the team at Genome Medical. Um, so, so don't go anywhere. <laughs> well, um, uh, right now, I, I wanna I wanna talk about uh, just the setback. You know, I feel like you've been at the helm of so many different companies, Lisa, uh, and now at Genome Medical, you've had a lot of success. Tell us about a setback you've had, whether it be at Genome at the starting or, or another company, but what did you learn from that lesson?
1: You know, I, I'm a longtime entrepreneur. This is the eighth company I've either founded or been a part of the startup team. And honestly, there's just so many <laughs> at every juncture, almost every yeah. day where you're you're feeling like, you know you're you're trying to overcome some major challenge, and uh, you know one of my co-founders often says success feels like you know eating gravel, right? Like there's times <laughs> where it's just hard, and um, you know I would say as I look back on my you know two decade career, probably the most significant challenge time I faced was actually early in my career. um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of going back to 1999 when we had this dot-com boom and then followed by the dot-com bust. And I was a senior executive actually at a technology startup when uh, the market conditions just changed so dramatically that our board of directors, uh, you know, in a very proactive way um, came to us and suggested that we do a mass reduction in force and Mm -hmm. effectively laid off about 40% of the workforce, you know, in a 24 hour period. And that was just very significantly challenging uh, for me. I mean, one, it was earlier in my career, but two, it just really sat with me because I felt like, you know, it was not due to uh, anything other than market conditions, but you know, honestly, what came out of that, I think, was a smaller and stronger team. And we were then able to pivot quickly and move in a different direction and ultimately merged with another privately held company. And it frankly remains a, you know, large and growing company today. So it, it ended up being the right decision. But working through that just took a lot out of me. I mean, it was probably the point in my career where I most felt depleted after all of that and needed to just recharge.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, you know, those, those, those lows being able to manage those lows and, 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 and then, you know, learn from them is, is critical. Uh, so, uh, interesting, uh, that you guys were able to, to get out of that and, um, and be able to shift in a way that, you know, helped grow the company, uh, what would you say the other side of the uh, coin to that is? What's one of your proudest leadership experiences to date? And, and and if it's okay, I'd love to hone in on genome medical thus far.
1: Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, I, I think I was really proud the moment we had succeeded in seeing patients in all 50 states. There's actually quite a challenge to setting up a medical practice, and not just a medical practice, but a medical practice that is licensed to practice medicine in 50 states. And it you know, it took us a good 18, 24 months to be able to build to that outcome. But for me, that helped solve the first barrier that I'm trying to solve, which is how do we open up access to genetic and genomic expertise for patients everywhere? not dependent upon the zip code under which you live, or not dependent upon your ability to navigate to a leading academic center, but for all patients everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you know that is not the end of our journey, but that was a really important milestone to enable you know, telehealth genomics uh, to patients all across the United States. And so I was really proud of the team that was able to work to, to make that happen. And frankly, proud of our team on a daily basis that are seeing patients uh, all across the country and really changing uh, what, you know, what life looks like for those patients. And that's everything from you know, children with rare genetic conditions seeking a diagnosis to cancer patients seeking the optimal treatment uh, you know to new families starting off and wanting to ensure the health of a new child and so one of the things that 's so compelling about genomics is that it 's really about a lifelong journey from you know uh, conception all the way through uh, you know toddler years and achieving you know major developmental milestones up to you know, in your uh, 20s and 30s and 40s and looking at risk for cancer and cardiovascular disease and then, you know, ultimately leading uh, kind of a, a healthy and, and long life. And so uh, genomic-based medicine is just a cornerstone throughout that life journey and is, I think, one of the most exciting promises for both improved quality of care and cost of care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that combination is, is just really compelling
0: yeah and 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 uh and also the idea folks of uh you know not your lifespan but your health span, and how can you take a look at the information available with the technologies that uh, that are available to live a healthier life it's, uh that's yeah, what it's all about and so what would you say you're most excited about today what What project are you most excited about?
1: Well, we are investing heavily in the build-out of our genomic care delivery platform, and that is exciting because it brings innovation in how we think about delivering genomic-based services. So my prediction for the future is that it's very clear we're moving to a world, and it's not in the too distant future, I would estimate three to five years, under which every cancer patient receives genomic-based medicine, uh, both- germline genetics which means the dna we inherit from our parents and somatics so profiling the tumor to better understand selection of of therapy and you know we see cardiovascular disease m- moving in that direction although probably a you know five to ten years lagging um, in terms of adoption of genomic-based medicine and you know recently Um, The American Society of Breast Surgeons has recommended uh, genetic testing for all breast cancer patients when previously it was just for those diagnosed with cancer at an early age or with a strong family health history. And so we can, I can kind of see how the dominoes are falling and moving in that direction. And that to me is very exciting um, you know, using cancer as, as as one segment. And as I've noted, we actually support six different specialty areas. But it's, it's probably the area of medicine where uh, the medical management guidelines and reimbursement coverage is strongest. Uh, and then the second area is really around reproductive health. So every a uh, pregnant woman uh, generally qualifies under insurance for a carrier test, and we would argue that ideally that should uh, come in, come into consideration much earlier in the process, uh, be, you know, before conception uh, as it creates the highest opportunity for uh, a healthy child um, and, you know, ultimately navigating to the optimal outcome for, um, uh, for, for, you know, for that couple. Uh, and so, so both of those to me are very exciting opportunities. Roughly one out of every 50 children born today is actually affected by a genetic condition. And that can be very severe and life-threatening, uh, or that can be you know, a, a more mild uh, impact. But one out of 50, I mean, that's a very high rate. And again, we have the medicine, we have the science, we have the technology to improve that. We just need to get it into the hands of patients and clinicians.
0: Love that. And so call to action, folks. Learn a little bit more about this. Find out how you can get engaged. Uh, Lisa, if uh, the folks want to learn more, how do they get in touch with you or your team?
1: Certainly. So, first, you can go uh, to our website, genome medical.com, genome, G E N O M E medical.com. You can sign up online for a clinical consult uh, right there. Again, we take insurance. We also have low cost, uh, just patient pay if you want to pay out of pocket. Um, And, you know, my recommendation is always that individuals just ask themselves, you know, first, is there a family history? Of disease in their family that has a genetic cause, and often people don't even know which you know conditions are inheritable, mm-hmm. and so that's an important question. Um, the second key question is just: Are you missing family history? Have you you know? Are you adopted? Are you from a small family? There's some cultures where you know talking about your medical conditions is not you know, really part of society. And so often people just don't know, well, now we can test for family history. So if you don't have a known family history, genetic testing can actually be the answer to help understand what that history looks like. And, you know, and then, then lastly, like, are you thinking of having children? Are you on, you know, multiple medications? Um, uh, Do you have a personal history of, of disease or chronic conditions that might have a hereditary basis. All of those are items that a genetic counselor uh, can navigate you through and help you first understand whether or not genetics might be informative for you, whether or not it's covered by insurance, the the test itself, uh, and then ultimately navigate you towards optimal outcomes. And roughly one out of every six adults is estimated to have a moderate risk variant for which there may be active surveillance or preventive options. Uh, one out of six. So really, uh, you know, I always encourage, whether it be through you know, visiting genomedical.com or uh, you know, visiting your local provider, uh, but I do strongly encourage you to be informed and understand how your DNA can be important for your ongoing health and wellness.
0: Well, I think that's a great call to action, Lisa. And, you know, I think a lot of, there's a lot of folks uh, out there that have been curious, you know, and they've done their, their genetic t- or that, you know, their, their 23andMe, for example, you know, and you get all this like raw data, but what do you do with it? Right. And so I, I love that, that you're on today to to give all of us uh, an option. And so I'll definitely be taking a look at that. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people. I, I took my Test and I just uh, you know haven't done anything with it, and I feel okay. like I should.
1: Yeah, I, definitely. We can help you with results. <laughs> we can also guide you to, you know, whether or not you've had a comprehensive test, and you know, not yeah. all tests are created equal. There's sure. over you know sixty thousand out on the market, and so uh, many of the consumer oriented are a great first step, but they're you know just a, a, a little bit of information relative to. Uh, you know, what may be important for your personal, you know, health. And so I, when, I, when I think of it, the way I like to, you know, position it is, you know, frankly, clinicians have a challenge keeping up with what test is right for what patient and for the patient to be able to navigate to that optimal outcome, you know, is, is quite complex. And so certainly having, um, you know, a genetic specialist in your side, on your side can, can help with navigating that, um, that challenging environment.
0: You guys are wayfinders, Lisa.
1: Yeah, that's exactly finders. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, and it's critical. So folks, take action, follow up. And, and in the show notes, outcomesrocket.health, type in uh, Lisa Alderson in the search bar and you'll see the entire transcript links to get in touch with her and the company. So uh, getting to the end here, Lisa, what book would you recommend to the listeners?
1: So, you know, well, one, I just picked up a Cure Within, which I'm just starting, but it's a really interesting story about immuno-oncology and how scientists are pioneering, uh, you know, kind of a new field of medicine where we can unleash the immune system to better treat cancer. Um, and so that, that's a, a recent book that I'm excited about. Um, you know, the other one that I often like to point to is that there's a whole series of books by Eric Topol, which are an interesting read about the need for innovation in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few of these are, you know, Deep Medicine, How Artificial Intelligence Can Make Healthcare Human Again. Uh, one title, which I think is really clever, uh, "The Patient Will See You Now," <laughs> which is really about the <laughs> empowerment for the you know the, the patient, uh, and then the creative destruction of medicine and how the digital revolution will create better healthcare. Um, so anyway, those are those are a few that I would mention.
0: Love it, yeah. Eric Topol is definitely a go-to, and uh, appreciate those recommendations. Before we conclude, Lisa, I'd love if you could just leave the listeners with a closing thought, and uh, then we could say goodbye.
1: Great. Well, uh, one, just you're empowered to take control of your own health, and uh, now genetics and genomics is one of the building blocks to move towards precision-based medicine. Uh, So I encourage you to take action on that. And then lastly, I would just say you can follow us on Twitter. Um, Genome Medical is at genome med. And you can follow me personally at Lisa A. So thank you for the time today.
0: Hey, Lisa, appreciate your insights and folks take action on this. I mean, it's a incredible age that we're in and Lisa and her team are, are doing outstanding work to help us all. So Lisa, thanks again.
1: Thank you, Sal. Appreciate it.